Welcome to Regenerative Medicine Today. This is John Murphy, and it's my pleasure to have as our special guest today, Joan Shank. Joan is the Director of Education and Workforce Development for an organization called the Pittsburgh Tissue Engineering Initiative. Uh, Joan, welcome to Regenerative Medicine Today. Hello, uh, Mr. Murphy. Great to be here. And I would uh, perhaps ask you to begin by introducing our audience to the Pittsburgh Tissue Engineering Initiative. Well, I'd be, I'd be delighted to. The Pittsburgh Tissue Engineering Initiative emerged roughly in 1993-94, and it was um, an organization that came about um, really, it was a regional effort uh, from a group of scientists, engineers, community leaders, government officials who really recognized that in the Pittsburgh region specifically, um, that we really had a lot of competencies and um, uh, capabilities within the field of tissue engineering and regenerative medicine really born out of our academic research institutes, Carnegie Mellon University, University of Pittsburgh, Duquesne, etc. And what they were interested in was concentrating those efforts to advance the, the research base um, within tissue engineering and regenerative medicine. Number of, uh, in 1997, the Pittsburgh Tissue Engineering Initiative became a formalized 501c3 and at that time, we articulated a very specific mission, which was to advance the field of tissue engineering and regenerative medicine in southwestern Pennsylvania and worldwide through targeted programs that would support research, education, facilitate interactions among academic medical centers and research centers, regional government and industry. But at the end of the day, it really uh, was about um, translation and new patient therapies. Very interesting. I have to say that while Pittsburgh Tissue Engineering Initiative is known regionally, it's certainly also recognized around the world for uh, some of the very fine programs. Now, in your particular case, uh, your interests uh, are in education and workforce development, so perhaps uh, you could introduce us to uh, your interest and uh, the initiatives that uh, you're responsible for. Certainly. As I mentioned, um, you know, education has always been a component of our mission. Um, and in fact, in the NSF app report, Emergence of Tissue Engineering as a Research Field, that was completed in 2004. The report was really begun in 1999 and 2000. Um, and as you said, the Pittsburgh Tissue Engineering Initiative, although originally developed born out of regional interests, really did emerge as an international leader. As I said, education remained uh, a critical component of our mission, um, and within that report really recognized a lot of our programming, a lot of our efforts focused on training, uh, at that time, postdoctoral fellows, undergraduate students, and introducing the general public and informing leaders about the field. Yes, I think that's uh, particularly interesting in terms of what I call the dynamic range of your educational initiatives, that you basically go from general public uh, through elementary school all the way to uh, postdoctoral trainees. We've uh, had the pleasure in previous podcasts to have uh, many scientists who have discussed their particular initiatives relative to tissue engineering and regenerative medicine. 
Well, your interests are in the same area. You come about it from a completely different perspective in terms of uh, educational initiatives. Uh, perhaps you can introduce us to uh, that particular area. Well, as, as your previous guest, I mean, we chatted about this, John, earlier, um, a lot of the other podcasts really, you know, go into quite you know, quite a lot of detail about specific applications of tissue engineering and regenerative medicine. In many ways, you know, the spectrum um, of educational opportunities available, I mean, they do become very detailed uh, at, at the higher levels, but, you know, at, you know, at, at the ground floor, our interest is really is simplifying tissue engineering and regenerative medicine for everyone and basically conveying that what we're doing within the field isn't something entirely, you know, out of the box. It, it, basically, we're building upon basic biology and humans' ability, albeit limited, to regenerate, but introducing components of the field that are seeking to address and further humans' ability to regenerate. So that's very interesting, but uh, if we can uh, translate this in terms of some of your uh, current initiatives, I know that you have a a tissue engineering summer camp that's uh, very widely recognized and I believe you have uh, participants from uh, not only the region but from other parts of the country as well. Can you uh, describe that to us please? Yes, we're very excited about the tissue engineering summer camp. That camp focuses on engaging middle school students, uh, exposing them to the field and one might think that you know what what can an eighth grade, a sixth, seventh grade student possibly do, uh, how can they appreciate these concepts within the sophisticated field. But as I said previously, what we try to do is we really try to simplify a lot of the concepts um, and engage students in actually doing science. And there's the internet, the Tim's report, which is Trends in International Mathematics and Science Study, uh, 1999 report, really indicated that the U.S. Uh, was falling off drastically at the eighth grade level in testing and science. Our students were ranked 18th. And the reason, um, so, so they didn't just, you know, present these findings. They also looked at the curricula and educational approaches in these other countries, and they found that what we were doing, instead of engaging students in the scientific process, what we were doing first was overburdening them with lots of information, lots of factoids and sophisticated language and the students weren't really appreciating the application of science and how science is really conducted. So in thinking of these problems we developed the tissue engineering summer camp and introduced students basically, I mean there's nothing that students are more interested in than themselves and we know that the field, the goal of the field is to tap into the body's own ability to regenerate uh, tissues, organs that have been damaged by disease, trauma, etc. but inviting students to understand perhaps from a sports, sports approach, perhaps a football uh, hero has, uh, has, um, has some sort of injury to his or ACL and um, the body's response um, to repair that and how tissue engineers are trying to, through strategies uh, utilizing cells, scaffolds, growth factors, are trying to enable the body to self-repair. Talk a lot about the, the body's response to repair and, and scarring and the so introducing the topic in a way that relates to themselves, that relates to their everyday life 
and then looking at the specific strategies that tissue engineers might use. So, so I under, understand that uh, your, these uh, training sessions are typically about a week long and they're very hands-on they're incredibly hands-on, you know, each day that they're, you know, they visit many of the labs and they, they're exposed to some of the more sophisticated technologies. They do plate cells there, but they also do a lot of the activities in a, what really is a general classroom, such as a bone building activity, bone strength activity, what they can use with just, you know, regular materials. But what it really does is it, you know, it's interesting because old school, John, you and I, you know, we, we kind of did these things in silos. Um, you know, we, we took a biology course, we took a chemistry course, and we didn't appreciate the, the relevance and the connections of these different disciplines to one another. But what we really try to do in the summer camp, as well as all of our educational initiatives, is to make the connections for the students so they can appreciate you know, why it is that they might need to learn about developmental biology and then also from a structure function sort of perspective, what, what type of engineering and design principles might one consider and, and the need for professionals, science, scientists, engineers, etc., to be able to, to work together and, you know, appreciate the work of one another. And, you know, another component of the camp is the students are broken into teams to, to achieve these particular problems or projects that they're working on. Okay, so, you know, how can I participate or how can uh, I as a teacher get, for example, the teacher's manual, is that available to people? Yeah, absolutely. As well as the summer camp, uh, you know, what we've done is when we introduced the camp, what we also felt, we had some instructors, teachers, different school districts that came to us. The students weren't able to participate, but they wanted to have access to some of the activities, maybe that incorporate into the classroom. I don't think that they, they developed a summer camp um, per se, but what we did is we just did a summer camp on a disc. And so all of the activities are included on the disc. Now a lot of in the camp, you know, we have a lot of guest speakers that come in and introduce the topics. There are field trips that the students take during the day and what's really very nice for us here in Pittsburgh is that, you know, we have access to, you know, the Bone Tissue Engineering Center at CMU and we can go to the Institute for Complex Engineering System. We can come here to McGowan and visit, you know, Steve Badlack's lab and Dr. Vorps. So the students have access to that, but what we'll do in a summer camp on a disc before, you know, kind of the activity and then kind of the overview from whatever particular area that the student is being exposed to in the camp, we offer alternate suggestions on the, uh, on the camp. You know, we, we provide their contact information, and so they might perhaps be able to maybe later schedule a visit here or, or, or eliminate that. But that, that um, summer camp on a disc, it's free. It's on the website. Folks can download it in a, you know, in a downloadable form. Because, you know, we're really interested, uh, committed to our educational mission, we're contacted by more students and parents than, unfortunately, we can accommodate. Um, so we do ask for a small fee if you, if you want an actual hard copy of the disc, and it's, it's $5, and it really just covers production costs. But all of that is available on the website at www.ptei.org. 
if I were to try to categorize things, you've got a number of recurring activities like summer camp. Mm -hmm. that you take people from around the country? We do. Um, the only issue with that still is um, we don't have the, the housing capacity and the staff capacity to keep those kids, you know, from out of state. But they are eligible. We've had families that, you know what, last year we had was from Buffalo, a, a kid from Buffalo whose parents contacted us, wanted their, their child to attend. The whole family came down, made a trip of it. See. Fortunate we can't. We, you know, that's that also to reach all students. That's not something that's feasible for, you know, every family to do so. So, Joan, uh, you've talked about some of these initiatives, and uh, we, we briefly introduced the, the way you have these packaged. And let me just, for the sake of our audience, uh, recap what I believe is the is your inventory of, of, uh, of products and services. Uh, first of all, you have a number of recurring initiatives like the uh, summer camp that uh, you've made reference to in, in the previous part of this discussion. Uh, secondly, you have a variety of materials uh, that are available and suitable for students and some for uh, teachers as well. Third, you have some teacher workshops that you conduct, at least in this region. And last, but certainly not the least important is that you, I know you're managing a major initiative to develop a, a science center exhibit that is intended to uh, travel around the country and uh, there's also some uh, to be designed in this as linkage to over a variety of classroom and activities. So first of all let me say to the audience uh, we'll list these material, these, this inventory of materials on regenerativemedicinetoday.com and uh, perhaps you'd like to share any additional comments about any of these uh, items I've mentioned? Yeah, John, I think it's important, um, it, you know, in cataloging those, I mean, what the, the programs you're focused on really are, are programs at the K through 12 level. And I think particularly for those out there who, um, you know, may be interested in pursuing or having access to these opportunities. We're exceptionally interested and also um, from a research point of view, an educational research point of view, and looking at how learning occurs across informal and formal learning environments. And, you know, that being said, all of these materials, all of the workshops, they are aligned with national standards, NSES standards, uh, as well as um, Pennsylvania science and technology st standards. It, and uh, as well, our workshops, our outreach isn't restricted as, as the organization. You know, we were a regional initiative, but we do national workshops. We're regularly present at NSTA and NABT. And our teacher attendees in this region, they do receive in Pennsylvania, it's Act 48 credits. So, so these courses and educational resources are all, you know, fully accredited and, and um, standards-based. You do refer to one project that I'm particularly excited about, and that project is funded by the National Center for Research Resources, and it's a Science Education Partnership Award. And it's for a project that's entitled, If a Starfish Can Grow a New Arm, Why Can't I? And the exhibit targets middle school students and the general public. So it goes back to sort of that, that pipeline issue and that, and that gap in, in middle school education, which we're seeing at the... Um, 
at the high school level, as well as folks pursuing science and technology degrees, I think it's like 18 through 24 in the U.S., has, um, we've dropped to 17th in the ranking. It, it really tries to engage those audiences. At the centerpiece of that project, if a starfish can grow a new arm, why can't I, is a science center exhibit, and we're fortunate enough to have the development component of that exhibit being conducted by the Carnegie Science Center, which is um, an exceptional um, science center in the Pittsburgh region. You know, several awards uh, through the White House, etc., and recognized for their informal education. So they'll be they'll be um, developing that component. And what's kind of neat about that project, uh, in addition to the science center experience, there's also rigorous connections to the classroom. So learning doesn't stop there, and it doesn't necessarily have to start there either. I mean, it's, it is, um, it's integrated. Um, but we have classroom connections with a group in Pittsburgh that's called ASSET, and that's Achieving Student Success Through Education and Teaching. And they serve all 501 school districts in Pennsylvania in elementary science, and they're... Um, moving uh, very quickly into middle school education. And what we're working to do is identify these jump-off points in the curricula that connect to the exhibit, but not exclusively to the exhibit, that also where the jump-off points are in the curricula that um, can be connected to tissue, to tissue engineering and regenerative medicine and working to develop enhancement materials. Now, what's really neat about that, we all know that teachers are overwhelmed in the classroom and that you know there's a lot of criticism about we don't necessarily need more curricula, but we need, we need more science process and we need more application to, to the real world and problems that are trying to be solved in the real world. So what's neat, we're really primarily developing activities and asset, they do the professional development for all of the teachers in the school district. So we're able to provide those teachers instructions and ongoing support about you know, what, what is the appropriate, accurate way to introduce these concepts into the classroom. Further, ASSET is not the only, I mean, ASSET uses nationally disseminated materials. And if you're in the field, you, you know what some of these are, CPUPFOS, diversity of life. So the plan is for this to be able to go, you know, to go national. And so we have five other uh, museums that will be picking up the traveling exhibit component, and those were strategically selected because each of those sites have asset-like organizations that asset works with so we can do the curricula piece. Uh, Joe, this is really fascinating, and I've actually had the pleasure of seeing a glimpse of uh, your starfish project, so I uh, share your excitement and your enthusiasm. We've uh, covered a variety of issues here today, and uh, uh, there is an extensive uh, PTEI website that uh, has substantially more information. And I remind our listeners that's at www.ptei.org. Uh, in, in summary, uh, terms of this discussion, I'd just like to remind our listeners that uh, under Joan's leadership, the PTEI program covers public education, uh, K through 12, a uh, very interesting and exciting undergraduate program that focuses on a, a summer internship type activity and a postdoctoral program, all of which uh, 
there's more information on the PTI website about. Uh, so I'd like to uh, thank Joan again for joining us. I'd like to thank the uh, McGowan Institute for Regenerative Medicine that sponsors these podcasts. And I look forward to uh, joining you in two weeks with another exciting discussion. Thank you. Thank you, John.
but that repair is not necessarily perfect. And so what scientists are trying to do is perfect that so they're introduced to, um, you, know, uh, you know, muscle, bone, defect, um, and the students then are challenged to think about how, how one might repair it. And then they also look at structure and function, so they do a dissection um, with a chicken leg. Um, and immediately then they move on to the next principle in tissue engineering, which is um, the biomaterial, uh, the biodegradable. Um, matrix, and so they do a, they do a, develop a scaffold, then they do a scaffold diffusion activity. Um, we could go on and on, but that's pretty exciting, um, and particularly in science classes, I mean, from that, from the diffusion, so they can see how, how um, the, the growth factor diffuses across the scaffold, okay. they have to so do a standard let's just get, let's just capture it. Let me do, a, let me do an introduction or a transition, Okay. and uh, then you, you can do that. Okay. Um, so we're, this is a uh, this is a discussion about the uh, the summer camp. Uh, Joan, uh, I know that you have many activities in the summer camp that you've introduced us to, but uh, perhaps for those that uh, have interest in more details, can you just briefly elaborate on some of the summer camp activities? Sure. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, John, of course, all of this information is available to listeners on the website. You can see the complete schedule, in fact, um, as well as the summer camp on a disc. But just broadly, what we try to touch upon um, are the principles which, within which we call the TE triangle, um, which is cells, um, a biodegradable um, scaffold material, and growth factors. And so each of the activities touch upon that. They're first introduced to, um, you know, tissue structure and function, and they do some dissection uh, with things that are easily available, like a chicken leg. Um, they do a scaffold diffusion activity. Um, they, they can either be thinking of that in terms of, you know, cell proliferation, migration, or the growth factors, um, build a standard curve, pretty, pretty important concept, and, and um, uh, thing to, for students to be able to do. Um, and then they also do from a kind of a health perspective, they um, do a yeast um, model activity where they look at the smoke effects um, on, on yeast and they do a toxicity assay. Um, but, uh, you know, as we mentioned, there's, there's different areas of TE that are introduced and um, which some of your previous folks have talked about, cardiovascular TE, bone TE, uh, musculoskeletal TE, which is um, really in Pittsburgh, you know, one of, one of our strength areas. Um, but, but they're introduced to this topic through those different systems and they engage in, in various activities. And um, we've been real pleased with it. And I can say from some observations that I've had, uh, some feedback that uh, the students are totally enthused with uh, the opportunities and the experiences they get from this. So I, I commend you for what you do in that regard. Well, that, you know, that, that really is my passion, and to see, to see their little faces light up and, and um, you know, the light bulb goes on and, and, and they're appreciating, um, you know, that they're challenged to do science. They're engaged, and um, that really is, is what it's all about. So, um, so, so we're all thrilled to do it. Very good. Okay. All right. I don't think we need anything else, do you? No, I think you're good.